from the studios of Farm Journal Broadcast. This is Ag Day. Turning concrete into something creative. We believe that it is the largest mural in the state of Michigan. Meet an artist who paints on a grand scale. The original upcyclers show us how they flip their soil. We want everything to have a cover crop on it uh, all winter long. To prevent runoff, to prevent soil erosion, to permit, prevent nutrient uh, leaching. As we review our ID harvest tour so far. You know, our corn has been anywhere from 210 to 240, which like I said is probably 20 or 30 percent above normal. Which state is winning right now when it comes to yields the latest today on Ag Day. Ag Day presented by Pioneer. What's next happens when blood, sweat and tears meet rain, wind and sun. Pioneer. What's next happens here. Good morning, I'm Clinton Griffiths. Drought and dry weather continue to push harvest ahead at a fast pace. But that drought is also taking a toll on yields. Today, we want to review how the harvest is going so far. We've been checking out several states along the I-80 corridor and a little beyond that. We begin in Kansas where Ag Day's Michelle Rook found there are still some areas where farmers are pleasantly surprised with what they're finding. While widespread drought plagued much of the state of Kansas again this year, there were a few notable exceptions, including here in the Northeast. Ken and Brad McCulley feel very fortunate this season. In a year where nearly 70% of Kansas is under D1 to D4 drought, they're seeing the results of some timely rains. We had a dry spell early, um, like in June, and the end of June into July, we had five inches of rain in June, five inches in July, and then not quite five in August. However, they say they're the exception and you don't have to go very far before the drought and heat are evident. It's pretty close to ideal right here, but west and south of us, it's, it's not near that well off. They've, they're really hurting for moisture. The patterns changed a little bit, but right now it's gone back to they're dry in central and northwest Kansas. As the combines roll through Macaulay's fields, they're not finding the corn they did last year, but still are above APH, so they're pleased. We started on some of our better ground, and the yields were 220, 230, uh, even a little better than that in places. And we went to some of our worst ground, and still hitting the close to 200 mark in places. And while the drought has cut statewide corn yields in Kansas again this year, the average may be above 2022. I don't think it'll be down from last year because last year was pretty low. We were down in the 500 uh, million bushel and I think we'll be up in oh, closer to six maybe. He says they did find some tar spot in the corn, but it came so late it may not have hurt yields or test weights, which are running 58 to 60 pounds. And the corn won't need much drying as maturity was pushed by the heat. Our moisture level in the corn right now is, is 17 to uh, 19 percent. The Macaulay's are a couple of weeks away from combining soybeans, but they're not expecting bumper yields. I see soybean yields kind of like corn, not as on the top end as last year, but I, we're going to have 70 plus. Disease pressure played a role, but so did the weather. When that sudden death hit, it those fields are going to be short because we've had it before and it really hurts your yield. In the August, when it got so hot for 10 days, 
ridiculously hot. And I think that took, took some yield out of the beans. So the Macaulay's and farmers across Kansas are hoping the weather pattern will change and finally break the drought as they move into 2024. In Kansas, I'm Michelle Rook reporting for Ag Day. Meanwhile, in Missouri, Michelle Rook reports, despite weather issues, farmers are still managing to produce some respectable crops. Drought hit farmers hard in the state of Missouri this year, cutting statewide yields, but there are some areas that are bucking that trend. One of those areas is northwest Missouri, where Bryant Kagey is finding some pleasant surprises this harvest. He says they started off dry, just like the rest of the state, and got the crop planted ahead of normal. We had enough soil, soil moisture to get the crop off to a really good start, uh, but it was, it was really dry, and it just kind of hung on through those first few months of the season. The pattern continued mostly dry in his area with just some scattered rain, so their subsoil moisture has been depleted, but he's better off than most with over half of Missouri in D1 to D4 level drought. I pulled up the drought monitor map this morning, and there's a little bitty white yellow spot that's right around us, and it's just surrounded by red severe drought areas so really really fortunate to have caught the rain we did. So somehow they're getting above average corn yields on their farm. You know our corn has been anywhere from 210 to 240 which like I said is probably 20 or 30 percent above normal and uh, you know on track to be one of our best years ever. They were also fortunate to have very little tip back from the heat and stock integrity is solid. The one caveat is heat stress pushed the crop during filling and so the corn is a bit lighter. The test weights of the corn we've sold so far have been kind of on that average what you'd expect for corn that 56 to 60 not as high as we had hoped. And this was the first year they've seen tar spot which crept in late season. I don't think it set in early enough to do a lot of yield damage, but it's certainly going to be something we have to look at going forward uh, for management. While corn harvest is nearly two-thirds done on their farm, it may be a few weeks before they start on soybeans, and expectations are tempered by that dry August weather. I hate to make a prediction, but I would hope uh, mid-50 to 60, which would still be a really good average for us. Plus, he says soybean disease pressure was significant. We have seen a lot of sudden death pressure that came in in that early August time frame. We had all that moisture, beans were planted very early, and uh, we definitely saw, I think there'll be some pockets that have some sub substantial yield loss from sudden death. But considering all the adversity during the 2023 growing season, he's still very thankful this harvest season. In Missouri on the I-80 Harvest Tour, I'm Michelle Rook reporting for Ag Day. Drought seems to be a reoccurring theme this year during harvest, including Nebraska. We head there next to see what a dry June did to the crop as our IE harvest continues. Harvest has been running ahead of pace all season long in Nebraska and is Ag Day's Michelle Rook continues our IED Harvest Tour. The 2023 growing season in the Cornhusker State has been a story of haves and have-nots. Early harvest results here in Nebraska have been variable, as you might expect. While some farmers faced their second year of drought, others were lucky enough to pick up some mid-season rains, and that was just enough to overcome some of the early season drought stress to produce some average to above average yields. Steve Wellman was hit by drought on his farm in southeast Nebraska in 2022. So surprisingly, this season started off with enough moisture to get the crop off to a good start. 
And then June turned really dry and we were really concerned about the drought. In fact, in June, drought covered 95% of the state. However, some mid-season moisture may have come just in time to save Wellman's corn crop. This corn that we're harvesting today, 109 day maturity, it was starting to uh, try to tassel the last week of June. But uh, fortunately, it started raining about that time and we, we received about 13 inches of rain in July. And their harvest results are proving that early drought damage can be overcome by timely rains. And we see the impact of great yields here now, uh, much, much better than we thought we were going to have when we were looking at the, the dry weather in June. In fact, corn yields have been averaging around 200 bushels per acre, nearly 25% above his farm's average production history. He attributes some of it to improved genetics and management. Yield-wise, it looks like we're going to be above normal, yield-wise, above our 10-year APH for crop insurance, and so happy about that, at least on corn. Corn is running 57 to 58 pounds, so the late-season heat didn't hurt test weights, and they aren't seeing field loss. And right now, the, the corn's standing well, the ears are hanging on well, so really no issues right now. However, Wellman thinks the late season heat may have hurt soybean production potential and standability. There's also been some disease and pest pressure. I think we lost the top end of the crop during August and September during the heat. Uh, it, it looked like it probably took a few, soybeans took a few steps backward yield wise, but uh, overall still optimistic that it'll be above our 10-year APH yield. However, that's not the case across Nebraska, and statewide yields may be below average, with drought impacting nearly half the state, accounting for 71% of corn and 80% of soybean acres. The unknown is how much irrigated production will make up for the drought losses. Nebraska is pretty diverse across irrigated and non-irrigated. This corn is, is not irrigated, but uh, I know some areas have, have really been short on moisture, so be variable just like it usually is in the state of Nebraska. In Nebraska on the I-80 Harvest Tour, I'm Michelle Rook for U.S. Farm Report. Big things were expected from the Illinois harvest this year. Did some timely rains in August help to finish the crop? We head to the Prairie State next as our I-80 Harvest Tour continues. The 2023 harvest could be one of the fastest ever for some farmers in Illinois with late season dryness. But despite growing conditions that mirrored past drought years like 2012, the crop is better than expected. As Michelle Rook found out on this IED Harvest Tour stop. Farmers in Illinois have been pleasantly surprised with harvest results on both corn and soybeans. While they did face drought during the season, some timely rains helped them produce some big yields. Illinois was hit early in the season with a flash drought covering 60% of the state. That included Matt Bennett's farm in central Illinois. In the month of June, we were excessively dry. It wasn't super hot, which kind of helped us out a little bit, but excessively dry whenever we were set in the ear size. So we were a little bit concerned. But then they received some timely rains during pollination and again in early August. The amount of rain, I believe, was just right to kind of get us through. So what we found is the yields have been very good, very competitive with what our best ever yields are, but not best ever by any means. We're probably five to 10 percent off on both corn and beans. He says heat also trimmed yield potential early in the season and then shut down the corn in late August, early September. On corn yields, we've seen a lot of early yields in that 240 to 250 range, getting down into the 220 range on some later stuff, uh, you know, that's on a little bit lighter ground. 
on soybeans, he says again, timely rains helped their early beans and pulled up their farm average. Our early beans were awfully good this year. Uh, we're talking some 80s. Uh, we got into uh, some of the later maturing beans and they weren't quite as good. Uh, but overall, the average is going to be, you know, again, maybe 5% under 2022. So a very good year overall. Bennett says the late season heat and dryness also pushed the crop to maturity and it's dried down quickly, leading to one of the fastest harvests ever on his farm. We've had some beans down to 10 percent uh, corn moisture content getting down into that 13, 14 percent level. And the thing is, is that all the corn and all the beans is ready right now. And with all this heat, uh, everybody's trying to get to it as quick as they possibly can. Before standability of the crop becomes an issue. Georgetown farmer Doug Kirk says he too is in a dry pocket in east central Illinois with precip 10 to 12 inches below normal during the season. Where the yield is coming from in the end, I don't know. But we got off to a really good start with our planting this year. And despite the lack of a lot of rain, we're coming out with one heck of a crop. In fact, his corn is running well over 200 bushels per acre, which is 15 to 30 bushels higher than Kirk anticipated. Uh, we were so dry this year and so hot that we really thought our corn was going to take it on the chin, frankly. So where farms ought to make 220, we thought they might be 200 plus or minus 5 or 10 bushel. But what we're finding is where farms ought to be 230 bushel the acre, they're making that and in some cases more. The only caveat is the corn is a bit light. The test weights off a little bit from prior years, and that's probably due to the short grain fill period that we had. Kirk says his soybeans are also running about 10 bushels over their APH or farm average, and the quality is better than 2022 with the lack of disease. We've only been in a couple of fields that haven't been up near record yields, well into the 80s. Both Kirk and Bennett say many farmers in Illinois are experiencing the same results. So while statewide yields will be below last year's records, they're still exceeding expectations. In Illinois, I'm Michelle Work reporting for Ag Day. How can you achieve big yields? It has to start somewhere, and some dairy operations are leading the way. How they're helping to flip the soil next. Flip Your Soil on Ag Day is brought to you by Nutrient Economics. Expert advice when you need it. Learn more at NutrientEconomicsWithAK.com. How do you get those higher yields at harvest? Well, it can start right in your soil. As Ag Day's Michelle Rook reports, the U.S. dairy industry was an early leader in sustainability and lowering the cow's carbon footprint. And now it's leading the way in flipping the soil. U.S. dairy operations continue to make great strides when it comes to sustainability, but they've always used regenerative practices. For instance, this cornfield was cut for silage. Now the cow manure will be recycled, put on this land to replenish crop nutrients and improve soil health. Dairies like Modak Dairy in South Dakota produce hundreds of thousands of gallons of manure annually and view it as a real value for their operation. We spend $50,000 a year on commercial fertilizer. The rest is all, it goes through the cattle and comes back, back out as a, as a byproduct, for, which is a, uh, a good product for the land and everything else. Moe says dairymen are also promote soil health through increased biological activity and organic matter in the soil. To me, it makes the land more mellow and more, more uh, fertile and it holds moisture a lot better and stuff because of the fertility. 
At Cool Lawns Farm in Virginia, dairy producer Ben Smith says they manage manure on every inch of their field as part of their nutrient management plans. We soil test every, every year or every other year. Depending on the field and the crop rotation, we grid sample everything, even pasture and hay ground we grid sample because we want to put those nutrients exactly where they need to be. And, and furthermore, they're expensive. So we don't want to just do a blanket application. We want to put them where they need to be. And when properly managed, manure also results in higher crop production. We got land that's further away that we can't put the manure on. It's 10, 12 miles away that we use commercial fertilizer on. And we don't get the yields and we don't have the, the soil condition, I should say. Smith says dairy producers are the original upcyclers, taking manure, which was once considered a waste product, and turning it into an asset. It is a valuable product because anything that we can use as a fertilizer, as a bedding, as a product that can produce energy, I mean, it's, that's just three things off the top of my head that makes manure uh, value added. I'm Michelle Work reporting for Ag Day. All of that grain has to be stored somewhere. And one man is turning that storage into amazing art. We'll meet him next. While harvest rolls on, you don't want to forget the beauty all around us, especially as those silos start to fill up. Ag Day's national videographer, Russ Natusco, takes us to Edwardsburg, Michigan. I gotta go higher, and I'm not thrilled <laughs> about it. I am afraid of heights, but I'll do anything for money. I was a fine artist for a number of years, painting on glass. All the while kind of thinking, I like big art, why not, why not go bigger? Well, the building owner here, he just wanted something positive and colorful. This is a message of simply love <laughs> in very large letters. So how is this different than working on, like, say, your uh, small country murals you've been doing? Small country murals? One of them was the biggest thing I've ever done, <laughs> uh, the one in Michigan. We called this the All Aboard Mural. Murals are, are the thing now. Every little town has murals, and I just, I wanted the old depot painted somewhere in the village, so we had a picture of it. We wanted it to represent what the village would have looked like back then. The whole mural was funded by donations. You know, it was a nonprofit that put it together, and they knew how to shake some trees and find some big donations. We believe that it is the largest mural in the state of Michigan. And the oddest one I've ever taken on with multiple buildings, but that was nine structures. Some of them curved, some not, some concrete blocks, some uh, ripped up weird metal. It was a working grain mill, though it wasn't during season, so there wasn't much going on there. This design is Brett's design. He wanted the buildings to look a little more old fashioned. The big train car with the silhouettes are actual silhouettes of village residents that paid to have their silhouettes put in the train car. Except for myself, I'm in there. There was just one left. <laughs> The one thing I like the most, I would have to say the train engine. It's so big and you don't realize that from the road. It actually goes around the corner of the building. I designed stuff on the spot. What if I put the front over here and the side down this way? I didn't know how that was gonna look, but that ended up being like the showstopper piece of the whole mural. 
I love to paint bigger, weirder things, you know. <laughs> um, who knows, you know, I'd love to paint a, a whole factory, you know, giant square footage, you know, big outdoor thing. It is an incredible work of art. It brightens up the place. I mean, it's, it's so much brighter than just driving by a concrete mill. All right, thanks Russ, and that's all of our time we have today. From all of us here at AgDam, Clinton Griffiths, have a great day out in the farm country.